This episode is being brought to you by the Speak English with Tiffany Academy. If you have to speak English with clients, the Academy is for you. If you have to take an English exam like IELTS or TOEFL, the Academy is for you. If you are planning to immigrate to Canada, America, or another English speaking country, the Academy is for you. So join today by going to www.speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com. Welcome to the Speak English with Tiffany podcast, a podcast especially created for intermediate and advanced English learners. In this podcast, you will hear natural English conversations, learn specific English tips and tricks, and also get to know many different ESL teachers. This podcast will take your English ability to the next level and help you to be more confident and more fluent when you speak in English. Are you ready? Well then, let's jump right in. Hey everyone, this is Teacher Tiffany and I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. In today's episode, we are going to speak with my good friend, Johnny. Now, Johnny and I met a few years back in South Korea. He is an ESL teacher and you are going to love him. So let's get started with the interview. All right. Hey, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing, man? I'm good right now. I mean, I'm a little bit tired. It's the end of the day and I'm a little old, so uh, <laughs> this is about my bedtime. Right. I know, like for those that don't know, he's in Korea and right now it's about 9.30 in the evening, right? Yeah, so 9.30 in the evening plus 33 years old equals like this is time when it's time to wind down. <laughs> exactly. I totally understand. I'm the same way. My bedtime is 9 p.m. I do not go to bed late, so I totally get it. All right, mm. okay, Johnny. So we're gonna get started, but so I know you, but I know students mm. are very curious to know kind of your story, who you are. Like, can you just yeah. give us a general idea of who you are? Tell us who Johnny is. That is a deep question. <laughs> like, uh, well, everything. <laughs> well. My name is Johnny. Obviously, okay. I'm from San Diego, California. Mm -hmm. um, I've been living and working in Korea as an English teacher for about five years now. Mm. Um, a big life event, actually. I just recently got married. Yes, so, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I just got married about, oh man, it's been a little over a month now. Yeah, time um, Yeah, so just been, that's been the new development in my life, just getting adjusted with that. Other than that, just um, I'm also a pastor at a international church out here in Korea. Mm -hmm. So I also do that. I wear many hats right now. Um, yeah. So that's why uh, early bedtime is the name of the game. Yes. Uh, as, as far as me personally, what I like, um, I'm a big fan of music. I'm a massive fan of baseball. Mm -hmm. And I am a, I don't think people understand, I'm a foodie. But yes. I know everyone says they're a foodie. But when I say I mean I'm a foodie, I mean I love food all yes. kinds of food yes yes i remember us having conversations back in korea about avocados oh yeah yes. it's, it's it's really true like out here like avocados like it's like it's such a hot commodity because they're so expensive like i feel like i'm buying something exotic like right uh, like, i don't know i don't know what's going on with the five dollar avocados in korea but 
we don't have that in, in California. Because back in Cali, y'all have avocados for like a dollar or less, right? Oh my goodness. Avocados, you can get probably like two avocados for a dollar. Oh, and wow. Like if, if at any point, at any point in California, they put avocados for $5, people would riot. They would wow. riot in the streets. And like, for, for example, like my friend actually owns an avocado farm. Her family uh, runs wow. an avocado farm. Uh -huh. So like she used to trade me sometimes. So like she would like, oh, like I need a hiking partner or I need somebody to help me do this. Like I'll give you some avocados and she'll just give me like a bunch of avocados. So like yes. out there because they're so much easier to find and there's so many farms and resources, like they're cheaper. Mm -hmm. So that drives the price down. But I think out here it's not as common. They're not as in demand. So the price goes up. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. It was nice coming back home and uh, I'm in, I'm in Maryland. So I'm on the East coast, but like my uh, family loves Mexican food. So my mom cooks it really well. Like I was born in Arizona for those that don't know. I was born in Arizona. So oh, that's we were right, surrounded. Me, yeah. yeah, we were like surrounded by other Mexican people. So my the Mexicans taught my mom how to cook Mexican food. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can't, so now I can't. she cooks it. Yes. Yeah, so it's really good. So yeah. So avocados are a really big part of our diet too. So we love guacamole, everything. So it's yeah. I like I my my mom one time is a funny story. Uh -huh. Like uh, I, one time I, I told her and like, it's a story with Mexican moms. So Mexican moms, you can't just tell them one thing and they can't like just go overboard. So like uh -huh. I told her I was missing Mexican food. Now I told her I was missing Mexican food, but in her ear, she heard he's starving. He hasn't eaten in three months. So she <laughs> sent me like two big FEMA packages. When I mean FEMA, these things were like 75 pounds each. I don't know how many kgs is that. Oh, yeah. They were like 75 pounds each. And inside were beans, masa mix, a cast iron tortilla press, Whoa. a mocajete. For people who don't know mocajete is, that's what in English, you know, a mortar and pestle. Mm -hmm. And it's, but the Mexican one is made out of pure rock. Like pure wow. rock. Wow. She sent that over. Yeah. And I'm not even going to tell you how much she spent to ship it. She wouldn't tell me, but I found out through my dad. But oh it's my goodness. 75 pound so, box? Man. Yeah. A mother's love. I, I, that's how it tells you how much I love Mexican food and how much I love food and how much I love my family. And my mom loves me clearly. But Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. You got to thank the Lord for parents and moms coming through. <sighs> really? Okay. All right, guys, we got on the topic of food and it's so easy to talk about that because I also love cooking. Yep. But um, okay, let me go back to the next question then because the students are probably curious. Mm. Why did you become an English teacher and how long? Now, I know you've been in Korea for five years, but why did you become an English teacher? And I guess how long, if it's been five years, you can leave it there. But why did you become that, an English teacher? That's a really good question because to be honest, a funny story. In college, mm -hmm. all my friends would laugh at me because the one thing, the two things I said I would never be, I said I never wanted to be a preacher, I never wanted to be a teacher, and I'm now I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I said that verbatim. I remember, I remember, I said I never want to be a preacher, and I never want to be a teacher, and now wow. I'm both. Wow. Um, but <laughs> honestly, my first time teaching was I went to Africa and I volunteered in an orphanage in Kenya. Mm -hmm. And as a part of that volunteership, I, I got to teach some of the older kids English. And I don't know, I kind of really started to like it a little bit. Like it was different than like teaching kids in America. I didn't want to do that. But teaching kids who like didn't know it and who had such a, a desire to learn. And then you see them like catch on and learn something and like grow. It was, I was like, oh, I kind of like this. But um. Then uh, I didn't teach again for probably another like five, six years. And then um, I was actually working as a manager at a five-star hotel mm -hmm. in San Diego. 
and I was working crazy. I was like 80 hours a week mm. and I was getting paid a lot of money. But like, honestly, like my life was super empty and like my spiritual life and walk with God was just, it was just dry. And I was just, I like life to me didn't seem like fulfilled. It didn't seem like, oh man, this is not like, it has to be something more than this. Mm-hmm. So you know, just through a lot of prayer and everything. And I felt God was just telling me like, you need to go, like you need to go somewhere far. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you, you know, know in the Bible, there's a character named Abraham mm-hmm. and Abraham and God told Abraham to go. Mm-hmm. He didn't say where, he just said to go. Mm-hmm. So I felt that kind of same push. And um, actually it was between China and Korea mm-hmm. and kind of, I don't know how, how that worked out, but uh, somehow something in me was like, ah, China's not really the right fit, mainly because that air, the pollution, yeah. pollution <laughs> I have not- a lot of breathing. <laughs> A lot of breathing problems. So Korea was, you know, they have yellow dust, but it's right. like not as bad. Right. Um, and so I ended up coming here. And I remember when I first came here, it was real rough. Like just, I, I, I had traveled many places. I'm well traveled, but I've never lived anywhere outside of California. Mm-hmm. So going from living in uh, California all my life to Korea, if you, you know, yeah. is like, Black and yes. black and white, day and night. It is completely yep. opposite. So I, I came to live here, and um, those first few years are rough, but they proved really vital and just kind of um, just my walk with God, but also my development as a person mm-hmm. and my maturity. Mm-hmm. And um, soon I, I I was I don't think I was a very good English teacher at first. I think those kids were really patient with me, <laughs> but then I <laughs> when when I started to be open to to learn myself and to yeah. develop as a teacher. Mm-hmm. That's when things really started to catch fire and I started to become better. I started to become more interested in it. Mm. I started trying to hone my skills. My students were getting better. I was enjoying this more. And, you know, my walk with God was where it was supposed to be. Then I felt the call to preach, became a preacher. And um, everything was just kind of, for the first time in my life, just firing on all cylinders and clicking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it really was kind of like, you know, for me, like a wilderness moment where mm-hmm. God brought me in this wilderness. And, and, you know, I was there for a little bit, but he brought me out of it and praise God now it's just it's just I'm living truly a blessed life now that's what's up yeah when I see your pictures on Facebook honestly I mean outside of getting married and you look super happy you and your wife yeah but I can see that you look very fulfilled where you are right now yeah and even the pictures of you with your church family you guys look very happy and at peace so praise God yeah I mean yeah, and it, I mean, it's not always easy, too, because, you know, sometimes, you know, you have those moments that are not Facebook worthy. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I could, especially the first few weeks of marriage, for those of you who don't know, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ooh, those first few weeks of marriage are like a, it's like, hello, this is another person in your space exactly. for the rest of your life. Exactly. My friend Ooh, and I were just I- talking about that yesterday. She's been married for years. Like, she has three boys. Okay. Like, she's been married for a long time. But we were talking about how, Prior to marriage, and again, for those listening, I'm not married yet, but I have a lot of friends who are married, and they're saying before you get married, it's kind of like this, oh, so excited to be married, but you also are able to separate. Like, I love you, man, but you're also going home and I'm going to my house. (laughs) But after marriage, oh, you're still here. You're not going anywhere. You're in my house, in my space, Mm. forever. Where where are you going to go to? And especially like our apartment, like we're very blessed. Like we got a really nice building in Changwon. Uh-huh. two years old everything's spanking new we got two air con it's really nice but it's it's cozy let me put it that way yeah. it's cozy you're basically, okay mm-hmm. but it's nice so it's like we could have a fight all day where am i gonna go to Nowhere. she could turn two feet and i'm right there <laughs> you just look silly 
Yep. <laughs> like, where are you even going to run to? You have nowhere to go. So It's like it forces but you guys it, to work stuff out quickly. Yeah, but I'll tell you this. For all those people not married, who don't get scared. Like, it sharpens you in a way that nothing else can sharpen you. Like, more than friendships, more mm -hmm. than these things. And, I, and it's nothing against people who, like, because, like, who are married. Because I know you're not married, but, like, mm -hmm. man, you you're sharper than 99.9% .9 of my friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I'm, but I'm saying it's like, it, do, it, it, does, it does something else that, that those relationships can't do. And it's mm -hmm. hard, but like, mm -hmm. you start to see the growth in yourself and, mm -hmm. and it's really exciting. Like, she calls out things to me that like, even I think like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, oh, this, this. And I'm like, I don't see it, but you see it. So it gets me excited. So like, that's really nice. Like yeah. in marriage. And, 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 and sometimes people rag on marriage a lot and like, oh, this is, this is like, you know, institution, all this stuff. But I'm telling you, it's like, it just keeps getting better and it's awesome. I wish everybody could be married. I, I, I'll pray that for you. I honestly pray that for you. Yeah. And, and I, I pray God is setting you up because like for, for yeah, I, I can tell like he's working on, he's working something. Don't worry. I appreciate that. Really. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to being married, but yeah, I'm, my parents are married still and they have a beautiful marriage. And again, that looks cool by the way. I don't know why. I don't know why I sent that when you post message like, oh, I'm hanging out with EJ. I don't even know how I know his name. It's EJ, right? It is EJ. I'm like, this, this, this guy seems cool. I don't know why, but I want to hang out with him. He seems he cool. Is. He's a cool guy. He's Everybody likes him. My dad is real cool. My mom is real sweet and real loving. Like, she's the mom mm. that, like you mentioned, your mom sent you the package. My mom, if yeah. I get sick right now, my mom is already going to start making a soup yesterday. Like, she just is that mom. And then my dad it's is there. Yeah, it's there. My dad, he's a really cool guy. Like he was, he was the cool guy in school. Like he's a cool guy at church, but he's also real, yeah. real kind and understanding. Like he'll sit and listen to you if you want to talk. Like he's, he's just really, really a good guy. So I told you, I, I don't know if that's a God given gift or what, but I could just <laughs> sense even through pictures. I could sense when somebody like, oh, this, this dude is, this, this dude is righteous. Yeah. That's you super the money. old. And yep. I, that's the word of the day righteous this dude yes. is righteous right <laughs> yep yeah he's there he's there um yeah. all right so guys listen those listening you guys are getting a lot of gold right here you're getting marriage advice you're getting life advice you're getting everything yep. so all right so you mentioned a little bit about your first teaching experience you said that yeah. you didn't feel like you were the best teacher so can you give us a little bit more information about like your first oh, experience as a teacher my goodness <laughs> Has anybody ever seen the movie Kindergarten Cop? Yes. From like the I know you have seen yes. it. I know you have seen it. I know for Cop. a fact you have seen it. But for those of you who don't know, if, 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 if you know Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think most people know Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you don't know, look him up. Big, uh -huh. hulking, um, Austrian dude who came into the United States and made it big in the film industry. And he, he plays this cop who goes undercover as uh -huh. a kindergarten teacher. But obviously, you know, he's insensitive. He's big. He's bulking. He doesn't know how to work with kids. He doesn't know how to be soft. So he goes to this room full of kindergartners thinking he's got this because he's got criminals and he's, he can work with criminals. And it's just chaos. Like they're throwing things, there's food everywhere. They're shouting at him. They're picking their nose, pooping, peeing, shouting at each other, fighting. And like, that was my first day of teaching. <laughs> 100%. Like I got 0.0% respect from the wow. students. Wow. Uh -huh. Because like my... My whole thing was like, oh, I'm a funny guy. I like to get along with kids. I really love kids. I'm excited to have kids. So I was like, oh, it's perfect. I'll just get on the level. But like, what they don't tell you is like, what I learned is if you don't lay down the law first, then we try to lay it down afterwards. They're not going to respect you. They don't right. respect you. They're not going to learn because when right. you try to do any type of rules or boundaries, it's, it's out the window. They, uh -huh. You lost them. Uh 
Uh And so like, that was my first experience. Like the classrooms were really rowdy. I would get angry. I would just be kind of like fighting with them and shouting. Like I had one day, like, oh my goodness. Like there was this kid who would just like bully this other kid in class. And I always thought, stop that. And like, this kid was just crazy. Like I'll be sitting in class, totally quiet, doing prep work. He comes in very quiet, puts his uh, uh, bag down, jumps on top of the desk, goes, ah! Really? And then just jumps, and then just jumps down, like nothing happened. Just, oh, that was cool. he was crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> legitimately. And he was just like, oh my goodness, he was, he was insane. And like, I had some, I don't know why, I think the way they had it as new teachers, you got set up with the newer kids who are new to the program. So they weren't uh, used to the program yet. So uh-huh. they didn't know how, okay, in this, pro- and, you know, in this program, in this school, you, you don't act like this. So you had to kind of uh, indoctrinate them a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah reteach them. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they, they, were, they, were not, they were not with the system yet. And so they just thought they could just do whatever. And like, so I got a lot of those students and it was just really, man, it was really, 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 really rough. <laughs> wow. So, so Johnny, you mainly still teach kids too, right? Yeah, now I, I now I actually solely only teach elementary. A few older kids, like they're re- almost reaching middle school, but not not anymore, not quite. Okay, good. This is going to be an even more interesting conversation because your perspective is going to be very interesting with teaching little kids. I've had yeah. some crazy kids when I was in in Korea, and like you said, I also am a fun person. I like I like kids a lot because they they're yeah. innocent. They love life. But again, learning to lay down the law first and then having mm. fun, that's like the key. You got to lay down the law. Yep. For those listening, yep. lay down the law just means set rules first. Like lay down yes. the law and make sure they know exactly what the deal is. And then we switch and have fun. So yeah, yeah. I totally get yeah. that saying. You, 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 you had to do that. If you didn't, like, that's it. Like you lost them. And like, yeah. that was like the worst part because as a teacher, like your goal is to see them progress, mm-hmm. um, to see them reach their full potential. And so when you lose them, you can't teach them anymore. Like you feel like a failure. They're not learning. So like they feel frustrated. They feel like, and it's just like, it's just all, it's all down there, downhill from there. Yep. All right. So then you learn from that experience and you've been there five years. So I know you're an amazing teacher now and the kids love you. Now, in your opinion, then uh, what have you noticed are the three best qualities of an English student? Like the kids that you've taught, like your best students, what have you noticed are the three things that are the best? Not necessarily the student with the top, top scores, but mm. what are three qualities of a good English student? Honestly, the first thing is your attitude. Yeah. Is like the best students that I've had have had a really good attitude. Mm. Um, because, you know, I know in the, the Korean system, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. So it's easy to get a bad att- attitude either way. You mm-hmm. could say, I give up learning English because it's too hard. Mm-hmm. Or you could put so much pressure on yourself that you crack and you can't learn anymore. And so you just kind of fall apart. So mm-hmm. like a good attitude is really key. That's the very first thing is you need to have a good attitude towards learning English. And you need to have a good attitude towards your teacher. Um, number two is you need to be studious. Mm-hmm. Because one thing is, is sure, like just learning the lessons, just hearing it mm-hmm. is not going to help you learn English. You got to be able to apply that. You got to be able to go on your own and say, look, um, I, I did this problem wrong. Let me do it again. For example, I'm trying to learn Korean. And mm-hmm. so I have these Korean books and, I, and mm-hmm. I, I grade myself and I grade myself harshly. So like mm-hmm. if I get a certain score, like below three or five, like I do the lesson again. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I didn't get it. I need to do the lesson again. Mm-hmm. So you need to be studious in that where you're able to hold yourself accountable when you're not with the teacher. So when mm-hmm. you're not with the teacher, are you studying? 
Are you going back over the, the, the work that you missed? Are you going back over the work that you got wrong? Like mm. that's, that is the make old. That is the difference between I've seen students go from being like, they can barely speak a, a, a sentence to like advanced English. I'm having conversations with them about, about the news and politics. Mm, nice. That makes a big, that makes a big difference. So I would say like, um, attitude, um, studiousness. And I would say, personally, I would say like accountability. Mm. Like you need to ha have accountability with like with your goals. So you can go mm -hmm. in saying I'm gonna learn English, but that's a really ambiguous goal. Why mm -hmm. are you learning it? Mm -hmm. You know, what is your goal? Or is your mm -hmm. goal to hold a conversation in an interview? Is your goal mm -hmm. to um, apply for college? Is your goal to work a job at a bank? Like what's your goal? Mm. And hold yourself accountable to that. So mm -hmm. that way you have a, a vision in mind. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm learning English. I'm learning English with Tiffany. Okay, mm -hmm. and I got this roadmap. This is what I want to do. Okay, uh -huh. this is where I'm going. And I'm not reaching that goal right now. Okay, I failed that lesson. Okay, I need to go back. I need to go back. And like, when you start to do that, you you almost start to, you motivate yourself because you're progressing towards reaching that goal. But yeah. what happens is, is, is sometimes um, students lose sight of that. You know, mm. they're like, oh, why am I even learning English? And then they either fall behind in their studies and then they lose motivation and they drop out. And like, honestly, that is like the worst decision you can make. Because yeah. you'll regret it so much more later. Yeah. Um, wow, those yeah. are really good. So you said good attitude, studious, and accountability. Good attitude, accountability. Would go. Yeah. Excellent. Guys, I hope you guys are listening closely. These are really good points. You guys need to add these to your list as you're continuing on your English study journey. So very good. Okay, so we have those three qualities. Now, in your five years as a teacher, have you ever had a favorite student? And if you have, oh, tell us about him or her. <laughs> like, I had like a bunch of favorite students, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you that my most recent favorite one, his name is Joshua. Uh -huh. um, so we have different levels um, in the elementary age and it, we have, we have eight different levels. This uh -huh. is the highest level. He's at the highest level, but I've oh. seen him come through the lowest levels. This is what makes it significant. Uh -huh. like, I've seen him progress so far. And uh -huh. oh my, I, like I look forward to teaching him. Like he, like he sometimes is the best part of my day. Because, wow. Okay, number one, like this kid has such a great attitude towards learning. And but the thing is, he wasn't the best student at first. Mm. Like and he, and to be honest, if I say like he's not, I don't know if I would call him the best student in the school. But he's the best student because of his attitude. Mm. Like he's like sometimes he'll be really struggling with a problem, but like he'll turn to me and say, "Teacher, I don't understand. Teacher, can you explain this for me?" Yes. And I will like get on one knee. I will help him out. I will work yes. it out until like he understands. But like that teachability is yes. everything. Yes. Him being teachable is everything. And number two, he's just like very grace giving, you know? So like there's been times where like, you know this, you make a mistake as a teacher and there's those students who will nail you. They yes. will nail you to yes. the wall. Yes. We make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I made mistakes at spelling mistakes, grammar mistakes, definition yes. mistakes and there's a student students who be like teacher you made a mistake and like it's kind of like okay i can say like yeah yeah i did i'm sorry and they'll still like like just cut me out after stuff. that mm -hmm. yeah but like i've made mistakes from him and, he, and i i said i'm sorry joshua i made a mistake he's like it's okay teacher everybody makes mistakes oh wow <laughs> and i'm just like wow you are so awesome yeah like, i would be your i would be your friend if i was your age but uh <laughs> and, <laughs> Yeah, but he just has a good attitude towards his work, good attitude towards that. I could see him, like, when I'm um, talking, 
and he doesn't have to take notes. I can see him taking notes and I can see him drilling what I'm saying. And wow. when I correct his writing, when I correct his writing, he always is like, always correcting everything that I correct. And he always tries to do better the next time. Nice. And like, so it always seems like he sets a goal and he's trying to progress. He sets a goal and he's trying to progress. Mm. And, you know, just has good attitudes, very patient, very studious, always does his homework, pays attention in class, very patient, because you got to be patient when you're learning the language. Yeah. Teachers and students. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's honestly, he's my favorite student and he's great. And I know he's going to succeed so well in school. That's what's up. I mean, this little guy, he seems like he's a better student than many other adult students in like that I've taught in the past. Like his drive asked, is amazing. He, he asked like theoretical, I don't know where, and it, like you can tell his English is a little bit still uh, being developed. So, you uh-huh. know, he doesn't always get the exact you know, grammar or syntax, right? But sometimes he'll ask me really thought provoking questions. Like, how did you even know to ask that? Like I was getting married and he said, teacher, why are you getting married? Oh. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, honestly, Joshua, I was like, I don't want to live with anyone else for the rest of my life. Uh I was like, and she's really beautiful. She's really cool. And he's like, okay, teacher, that's good. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, he's just a little, he, he's a, I could tell he's like, he thinks a lot in his head because sometimes I see him space out. Maybe uh-huh. that's his only, only flaw. I see him space out sometimes, but like, he, he's really, he's a cool kid. He, he's, he's going to be, he's like, honestly, I'm, I'm anxious to keep an eye on him. He's like one of those Steve Jobs, like, yeah. like type kids. Like he has something going on up here that, you know, everyone thinks he's just a daydreamer and like, no, this kid's going places. Very nice. That's what's I up. I tell him, <laughs> I tell him, Joshua, when you get uh, older and you're rich, right? You're going to send me money. And he just like, mm, maybe teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Not even yes. Mm, I'll think about it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll think about it. That's what's up. Okay. So tell us what's the hardest thing. I mean, this kid brings you joy as a teacher. What's the hardest thing about teaching English? Honestly, the hardest thing, because it doesn't come naturally, is patience. Mm. It's like the hardest thing is to have patience because like, for me, I'm a very, I'm a very task-driven, organizationally-minded person. Mm-hmm. So we have a goal. We need to reach that goal today. We got this mm-hmm. lesson to get through. We need to get through this lesson. Mm-hmm. And with English, that's not always so. You have kids who drag behind because they're, they're, they're not as developed as other students. Mm-hmm. Some students in the class, sometimes it'll be like there's a really smart student like Joshua, and then there's a student who is another student, and they can't even, they can barely put together a functional sentence. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to switch between patience to be like, okay, I want to be patient, but we really got to finish this lesson. You know, like, how can I help you? And I really try to like break down the sense. This is why this is the case. You know, this is your, this is your verb. This is your now. And then they still don't get it. And I'm still explaining it in different ways. And there's a point where you got to move on. Where yeah. You got to be like, okay, Hey, we'll come, I'll come back to this, you know, um, for you. So for me, that patience is really, really hard for me because like I think in my mind sometimes we forget as teachers like the student is not supposed to be like you it's not supposed to learn just like you maybe there is a student who learns like you but that's rarely the case matter of fact I don't think I've ever had a student who learns like me so like you forget that and like as a teacher you got to be careful not to apply that to the student Mm -hmm. um and you have patience because you realize like oh this kid this is not his first language number one um maybe he's a little bit high above his level He's really struggling. He's new. Okay, I understand now. Like, I gotta like maybe meet with them after class a little bit before, or 
get a little one-on-one -on -one time somewhere to kind of narrow in where, where the problem is. So for me, like, that's like, that's the biggest challenge is patience, is to have patience. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I think you brought up another uh, good point when you mentioned that in one class, you can have students of different levels, different learning styles, yeah. different learning abilities. And it's, it's so exciting to get that student that learns quickly. But then, like you said, having a student in that same class who learns very slow, it's really hard for a teacher to balance those. I've experienced the same thing. And it's like, yeah. You don't want to you don't want to hold back the learner that's learning really fast, but you also can't yeah. slow down for the, it's really a tricky balance. So I totally get it. Yeah, it makes you a better teacher, honestly. And, and like, I mean, let's get life lessons here. It mm -hmm. makes you a better person when you surround yourself with people at varying levels and like just mm -hmm. different abilities. Like I always thought I would marry someone just like me. Mm -hmm. Probably my wife's in the other room laughing right now because <laughs> I always thought I want to marry someone just like me, but like God gave me her and she is not like me in every way. Like mm -hmm. we are so different, but like what happens is, is you rub up against each other, but you start to sharpen each other. Right. Yep. And the Bible says iron sharpens iron, but the way yep. iron sharpens iron is it smashes against each other, creates sparks. Yeah. And like when you're learning in a learning environment with a teacher and student, that's kind of what's happening on varying yeah. levels. Yeah. Is you're rubbing against each other and you're sharpening each other. So like, yeah, I can be a student who's perfect at learning, but I'm going to tell you that's honestly not always my favorite student. My favorite yeah. student is the one who's a really low level, but wants to learn, is teachable, has a desire to progress and has, you know, this, you know, vision, whatever, however big it, just learn ABCs, speak a single sentence, have a conversation and like start from there. And like from there, then we make each other better. Because that's, that's what I didn't predict as a, as a teacher is like, it's not just a one way learning street. It's two ways. Like yeah. you're teaching them, but you're also learning how to be a better teacher from, mm -hmm. you know, interacting with them. It's a great point. It's a great point. You know, um, one of my current students, and I'll, I'll move on to the next question, but one of my current yeah. students, who is one of my favorite, I won't say his name because then that may be a little bit of war yeah, between the students, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> start a war. You don't exactly. want to start a full on like, Teaching with Tiffany Ward. Right. Like, I thought you. I thought I was your favorite. I'm like, no, I have many favorites, but one of my favorite students, he's not the best, quote unquote, like you mentioned. Like he's not the one that can speak the best or have a full conversation yeah. without making grammatical errors. But yeah. he is one of my favorites because when I correct him, not only does he say it over again, he makes notes, he creates flashcards of what I corrected. Wow. Like. He literally is trying to be better. And of what you corrected. Exactly. Like, he'll show me the, the he'll say, Tip, I made this um, flashcard so I can practice what you taught me. And it's so encouraging as a teacher because it shows that he has the desire to learn and he's okay making yeah. mistakes. It's like, you're going to yeah. make mistakes. It's not your native language. Like, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And even if it is your native language, we make mistakes all the time. So even more with the second language. And it's like, he's okay with not being the best but he's going to yeah. end up being, being one of the, the best. best. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. So I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. So next one is you told us about your hardest and your favorite. Um, what do you enjoy most about teaching English? About teaching? Yeah. Since before it was the job you hated, but now <laughs> you're oh, a teacher. Yeah. What do you enjoy the most? I honestly enjoy, it's not really moments. Sometimes it's moments in class. But I enjoy like when the, everything starts, what you taught them starts to kind of sink in and they're firing on all cylinders and they're starting to use it, you know, mm -hmm. like 
Um, for example, I had a student and his, his name was Adam and he came in, he couldn't even speak. He could not speak anything, mm. zero English. We started from the alphabet mm. and like, then we worked up to like, he was walking in class, hi Samuel teacher. I'd say, hi Adam, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. And like, that was it. But like, that was such a progression. Yeah. So like my favorite thing, my favorite thing as, as teaching is to see that progression, like to see marked improvement. So not just like general, um, they could just have a conversation now, but like marked improvement. Like they mm. could not do this before. Now they are doing this. Like, mm. this is cool, you know, because yeah. you, you did that. You kind of helped shape that. And so like, you know, it, I don't know, it's just, it's just kind of cool, you know, like sometimes yeah. I wonder like, I wonder if that's how like God feels about us. Like, oh wow, yeah. Like, look at Tiffany. Like she started here and now she's doing this. Like, whoo, whoo. yeah. Like that's cool. Yeah. Like, look at Johnny. Like, like he was real damn low. You crazy? <laughs> he was real down low. And then I, I helped, you know, I helped him out. Look what I did. That's me. Like that's. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Like it is a good feeling, you know. Yeah. And like, um, like that's why I'm. I totally am on board with the the fact that I always. Like, I always thought that teaching wasn't going to be a one-way street. But mm. teaching is not a one-way street. It is. It goes both ways. Like, mm. it really is shaping both of you. Like, I'm sure you know that by now. Like, oh, yeah. I told my students that before. I was like, you guys, when we, like, again, like, you know, I went to Korea as a missionary. And I've told students, I was like, guys, as yeah. a missionary, you go somewhere with a mission. Like, you have a mission to give something. Yeah. But what I realized, yeah. and many of my other friends that went there as missionaries, we say the mission is for the missionary. And that just means yeah. that I learned more from my students than I think they learned from me. Even though, I mean, yeah. I, I think they learned, of course, a lot of English. Like you mentioned, I grew as a person. I, so many yeah. aspects of that experience shaped me and made me what I hope to be a better person. So I think, yeah, yeah we learn more from students than they realize. Even now, being home and I teach via the internet, I still learn a lot because students will send messages and yeah. you just learn a lot from the conversations you have with students and things they tell you because I'm teaching them English, but they're still yeah. a person. Like they have a, a life, yeah. their culture and little things they can tell us about their culture. It's, it's amazing. It's really, yeah, you learn a lot. And they're going to go now and apply, use the language skills that you have taught them to apply yep. out in the world, which is going to have an effect on their country or their family. Like exactly. it's really like, wow. Like it's exactly. crazy how much, Re like reach is going on there yeah and that's like that's some like generational reach going on exactly exactly all right so i know they're probably curious you kind of uh told us a little bit i know but i'll let you tell them do you speak mm. another language or languages and if you could mm. which language would you learn if you don't so i know you speak another language but tell us uh, um arabes espanol parlo mm -hmm. italiano mm -hmm. and uh chogum so for those of you that don't uh, speak italian spanish or english or korean you want me to translate yes. or you want to do it yeah so i i speak i speak spanish so the first language is spanish mm -hmm. um my mom is mexican so that's why i can speak spanish mm -hmm. um although i'm losing it really fast here in korea so like sometimes i i think i try to think in my head about so i don't lose it but uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, Italian, I studied for two years in college and like there was a period where I completely lost all of it. 
Uh-huh. And then now, for some reason, when I listen to like Italian TV or Italian speaking, I can understand it almost better than I can, almost as good as I can understand English. It's oh, wow. Really weird. Wow. I don't know how that happened. And I think it's just because of my exposure. I wasn't exposed to it for a long time. So I think if I went to Italy for a while and got exposed to it, it would kind of resurface. And I'm like, ah, okay, this is firing. Mm-hmm. I remember what this means. But like, also, it's very similar to Spanish. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're both Latin languages. So it's just, yeah. they have a lot of the same basis. And, um, a Korean, I've been in Korea five years and like I'm currently studying Korean and I'm really trying hard. It's really difficult, but you got to yeah. really be studious. So um, I, I'm currently trying to get there to be fluent. That's what's up. Again, another inspiration. Students that are listening, you're going to inspire them. Like you're a teacher, you just got married, you have a busy life, yet you're still trying to improve yourself and learn another language. So that's yes. very commendable. That's what's up. That's what's up. People don't realize how valuable it is to know the language. They think it's just like, oh, to get a job and to get this. Yeah, those are benefits, but that's not like the main thing. Like the main, the main thing is like it personally, like it develops you as a person. Like yeah. it takes a lot of, of, of tenacity to mm-hmm. be able to sit down and learn a language that's not your mother tongue. Yeah, you know, it's true. That's literally working another part of your brain, right? That mm-hmm. after you're, I think it's what is it, five years old? Yeah. Like when you're when you're under five years old, it's way easier to learn language. But after yep. you're five years old, it becomes significantly harder. Yep. So like it takes that much more effort. So like it, like I I think it's like I'm I'm not sure I'm not a um you know a doctor or anything, but like the studies of people who learn languages later in life and the rates to like dementia or other kind of mm-hmm. uh brain development diseases because like it's keeping your brain active and learning something um. So personally, I, I'm, I'm all for it. And it's, and it's really awesome. And you get to learn something new and it also, it keeps you humble. Yeah. You want to get, you want to, you want to humble yourself, learn another language, especially yeah. if it's difficult. Yep. Cause you turn into a baby right then. Like, okay, I don't yeah, know you anything. <laughs> I'm a baby. Every time I go to Korea and then like when I, for, if, if I lose it, like some, my Korean sometimes is oddly very good. And then sometimes I lose all of it. So they'll ask me, it's usually when they, uh, I respond, I ask something in Korean, they get excited and talk to me and I get nervous and clam up. Yep. And then I turn into like, oh, right. Ego, ego moyo. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and like, you just, you just lose it. So yeah, yeah it's humbling. It's true. That's very true. Very true. One other thing too, I noticed personally, like you already know this. So I learned Korean as an adult. Like I started oh. in my late twenties. So I started I think I was 28, 29, so years ago, whatever. But oh. it taught me so much about the culture. And like people oh. ask, like, how did I stay in Korea so long? I said, here's the thing, like learning the language, yes, it got to a point to where I could travel anywhere and I was fine, I was comfortable, I could go alone, it was okay. I said, but the yeah. main thing was I learned so much more about the culture, which helped me understand, ah, this is why they do things like this, or this is why they think like yep. that which made me want to stay there longer. I'm like, oh, I understand you more. So this has become like a second home. So now like I'll miss Korea certain times because it's my second home now because of learning the language and understanding the culture. Like I'm not confused about certain things anymore. I'm like, okay, I get that. Okay, that's cool. And and you start to like, um, how do you say? It changes the posture of like how you approach people from that culture, you know? I've seen, I've seen people, I, I tell people, expats who come to Korea or any country, what's going to make or break your time here is your attitude. Yep. If you have a bad attitude, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to get mad at everything. Oh, why do they do this? Why do Koreans do that? Why do they do that? You know, 
but like you're in their country. Take some time exactly. to learn their language and you learn their language and you learn how they do things. And now that I know certain things, I'm like, ah, oh, that makes sense to me actually. Like yep. it used to make me real mad when Ajumas would just like throw bows at me, like in the, in the grocery store. I'm like, what is going on here? Yep. And now I realize like they put a big respect on like the elderly yep. and, and make it first. And like, now I understand it because honestly in this country, they're they're mildly disenfranchised like they don't get a lot of support sometimes and like Mm -hmm. it's really hard for them so like what's the difference between me like one person waiting in line and just letting this this elderly woman go ahead exactly cutting like it's not worth it you know just exactly so little things like that it gives you more grace for the culture and like said yeah you you hit it on the nail with like wanting to learn more about the culture because i'm learning that language but along with it like i have books i'm looking at them right now on korean history Mm -hmm. and korean knowledge and like all that came from desire to learn that language and yep. to dig in because when you learn language you're not just learning the language you're learning the people yep. you learn about the people you're learning exactly. about like you know how that language is applied you know because you can learn any language all you want and like for example in spanish you know like there's like really high forms that you can use but like not everybody use that but you're not going to know that if you're not like digging into like the culture and like ah okay in this setting it's not necessary to use like yep. it's not necessary to use like this tense like okay exactly um, yeah exactly I, I i'm really happy to hear too that you said you're reading about the culture and you're also learning the language and i say this because it's very weird so i'm an african-american female but yeah. part of me because i lived in korea for so long and i learned the language i studied at their you know universities got my master's degree there in their language and stuff it's so weird because part of me feels such a connection with Korean people that I kind of want to fight for them in certain situations, like mm, kind of stand up yeah. for them. Yeah, you, you become an advocate. Exactly. And it's like, no, don't misunderstand this aspect. Now, there are aspects of the culture that, again, are opposite of my culture. So, yes, they're yeah. difficult to under, not understand, difficult to adapt. But when I'm in yeah. your country, I adapt because this is your culture. But like, I've had some friends who have read about the culture but they don't know the language so they they think yeah. they understand i'm like no you don't really understand until you've actually started to learn the language and read about their culture in their language yep. i'm saying that because yep. i had an understanding and then when i went to university and i actually had to read about certain things in korean i'm like yeah. oh this is the way you guys think about yep. this and it's like, it's just a whole different dynamic a different way of thinking and it's it's amazing like you said like and your brain just goes, blows your mind hmm? And some of it's like a lesson for you. Like I learned, like oh, I used to get so mad when, when the students, I knew they knew the answer. I knew for a fact they knew the answer because we talked about. It. I knew it was in their head, and then they would always be timid and didn't want to answer. And I'm like, oh man, this is bugging me. I know you're smart. I know you know this. I wasn't getting angry. Like I was getting so frustrated. And then I learned, like in Korean culture, like before they speak, they don't speak. Like mm-hmm. they're not quick to speak mm-hmm. because, like, it's like if you say something wrong and it brings shame on yourself. Like, uh, yep. you'd rather than just not speak. Exactly. And to other people, that sounds strange, but, like, that's, like, a form of respect for the other person and for themselves. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know, and it's kind of like, okay, unless, if I wish I did that. <laughs> so, like, avoid saying something stupid, Johnny, <laughs> in this sentence, which I always do sometimes and talk too much. My wife is <laughs> laughing at me right now. <laughs> then then we, just, we just hold back. Don't say anything. Uh-huh. And just wait, you know, keep yeah. listening to the conversation. True. Exactly. You already yeah. realize, like, there's certain things that we can learn from them. Like, yeah, yeah. The cultural exchange. Yeah. 
Okay, last thing, because I know, I mean, this conversation is good. I, sorry, students, you guys are getting a whole lot yeah. from us. Um, yeah. So one of my closest friends is Korean. And she may listen to this okay. later, but like, we're very, very close. And she speaks English perfectly. She was an English teacher as well. Um, okay. But through our friendship, Johnny, when I say I learned so much, it was a cultural exchange because there were ideas I had and there were ideas that mm. she had, but they were so opposite mm. that through our friendship, we were able to learn about each other's culture and yeah. it really developed us both. Like we both were like, oh my goodness. Like we both grew as individuals. <clears throat> as, as women, we grew because we learned a different culture and how somebody yeah. else thought. It, it helps you to be more understanding, but because yeah. of a close friendship, like, and we were talking about, wow, it's really hard to have, in honesty, a close friendship, not surface. Like, I mean, deep, yeah. like deep, go deep. deep, go deep. Like I went to Korea for your wedding. Like I traveled, you know, whatever, but it's really hard to have those kind of deep friendships because the culture is so opposite. But when you're willing yeah. to basically break down and understand somebody else, man, it's such a beautiful friendship that can happen. And yeah. So, yeah. That, and all that, like all that, like stems from like, you got to, you got to put that out there. Like you got to like step out there and be like, okay, like I'm going to go deeper than just trying to just learn this language. Like I want to like go deeper in friendships and go deeper mm -hmm. in this. Like, because sometimes like we treat language learning as this is so surface level. Mm. It's just learning the language and it's yeah. not, it's exactly. really not. And if you treat it like that, then mm. that's what you're going to get. I'm mm. not saying you're not going to learn the language, but you're only going to get surface level learning. Exactly. So like, that's essentially what I got with Italian. I, uh -huh. I learned it. I know the ver I know the verbs and all this stuff, but like I just got surface. And so what happened after a few years? I lost most of it. Mm. I can maybe understand something, mm -hmm. but like I guarantee you, if, if I had some Italian friends, if I went and studied in Italy, if I did that and dug deep, like oh man, like psh, yeah, I'd be I'd be spouting off in Italian more so than I can right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. All right, Johnny. My next question is uh, kind of wrapping up things. Now okay. students are learning. And like, we're both yeah. talking about the, the beauty of actually getting to know people in the language and like in the country. Yeah. There are a lot of yeah. students that I have that are not able to either come to America or even go to England mm. or to a native English speaking country. So they're very mm. curious about English resources that can help them. And when I say English resources, I'm not really speaking about books because remember a lot of the students listening are intermediate and advanced English learners. So they quote unquote mm. got the grammar down, they got the vocabulary but they want to experience like English culture. So even mm. if it's a television program that you like, so really Johnny, what do you like mm. to watch on TV? Are there blogs you actually uh, read on a regular basis or anything that you do as an American, like something that they can benefit from? Like I've told okay. them, you know, I like something like for you. I'm, I'm a, I'm an older person. So mm -hmm. I'm a, I, I like to look at the news. So yeah. the first thing I thought about, I started doing with my kids one time is there's this at a, uh, this part of CNN called CNN 10 News. Do you know what that is? Uh-uh, what's that? It's CNN called 10. CNN 10 News. It's, I think it's, yeah, CNN 10 News. And you go on there and what it is, they give you 10 minutes worth of world, worldwide news. Mm. But it's cool because you learn about all these different cultures, what's happening in the world, but they're speaking. And in between that, they have little quizzes. So they'll say, pop quiz. Who is nice. the president of this country? And it's really valuable because A, you're learning about these different cultures. It's in English. You're getting quizzed on it. And it's only 10 minutes. So like, let's Very say you nice. do a lesson and you, you kind of pop in with that. Like, it's a nice little refresher. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. If you're not, an, uh, uh, it may not be where you're at because they speak very fast. Okay. And it's difficult verbiage. Okay. okay. But if you want to challenge yourself, if mm -hmm. you want to set a goal for yourself, it's, it's a good place to start. 
good um, with it's a good place to start with there and honestly like otherwise i would just start with like like how americans as you know probably when you came to korea you start watching korean tv shows right exactly so you start watching these different shows and it helps you because you start to apply what you're learning so like i mean i could talk about some of my favorite shows like yeah. i like comedy so i like i like the office yes you know, uh-huh. or, uh-huh. Or the office is hilarious like that, uh-huh. is, that is hilarious to me or we can go like really old school and we can tell them to look up like family matters yeah or or uh or the cosby show or something uh-huh. or like or full house yeah something because it's like very in those shows they're family-based uh shows so they speak kind of at a very slow pace the show theme develops at a very slow pace you can kind of catch on what is happening mm-hmm. and you actually learn a lot of um slang a lot of jargon yep. uh, oh that's what they say in san francisco oh that's what they say in chicago like oh so like yep. you pick up on these things and uh, i think those are the best those those are the best some of the uh, best ways to learn because they're little snapshots in our culture at that time yeah you know and that kind of helps you in your in your knowledge and ability to like be able to to work out the shows um as for me okay. now i can't mention other shows because i just watched like me and my wife just watched housing shows you know like building HDTV? houses or yeah yeah like and, and like we love watching like things like marie kondo yeah like you know that marie kondo oh, yeah. like the organizing thing uh-huh. and food all food uh-huh. foodie stuff so yeah. What's your what's your favorite food show? Cause some students like cooking. You know what I'm saying? Oh man. Well, I tell you, this is really old school. Man versus Food used to be my favorite show. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness, I loved that show so much. It was a pretty much a guy who traveled the nation, and he would do food challenges. But at the same time, he would show you little hot spots in in the United States where there was like really bomb food. Uh-huh. So like he would go to uh, Mississippi. And he would he would say, okay, this is like the the uh, um, the the gumbo gumbo challenge or something. But they would show you, okay, let me show you the five best places to get gumbo. And we go eat there. And nice. like, oh, I love that show. And um, nice. I watched a lot of Anthony Bourdain shows. He's really uh-huh. good, but you know, rest in peace. He's, yeah. he's not with us. But uh, um, but there's other random shows that oh man, what's that food show we were just watching? Well, they <laughs> sorry, I'm I, I, I'm oh. asking. What why? is it called? Yeah, because that's what happens when, when you get older. You forget things. <laughs> What's the show where it's like a food challenge and they got a, it's like a cook-off and they have like a cook-off of their food. Is it food, food incorporated or food, food? Oh, man. Is it? Oh, it's going to bug me. It's bugging me. Are you looking up right now? Okay. Um, oh, oh. Is it with, um, are they going against one of the famous guys on the Food Network? One of those guys? Or it's. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Bobby Flay? Like uh, something with Bobby Flay? No. No. The final table. The final table. Oh, yes, I watched that. Yes, the final table. Yeah, the table. final table. Yes, yes I watched that I show. love that show because they go to different places now. And I'm like, oh, and like, I like it because, you know, usually they have like the chefs cooking in their own environment. And that's a little bit boring. Like, okay, we know you can cook flambe or whatever this is. But like to take a chef out of his element who's German and like, yep. oh, one time they had him make all Mexican food. And someone yes. like, I've never even heard of Mexican food. And uh-huh. So that was cool. So they had to think on the spot and like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah wow. Was- these are great shows. Okay, got a lot of these shows you can find on Netflix, guys, and some just go on the internet and look them up. But yeah, great list. Great list. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Final question. Easy question. Any mm. last words? Any advice you can give to the students? Anything? Honestly, and this is going to be such a, a teacher cliche, have fun. 
Yeah. Because like, if you don't find some way to have fun with it, whether it's watching one of these shows, finding a friend to dig in and go deeper with, or uh, it's really going to start to get redundant after a while. Mm-hmm. Just doing the same lessons and doing this, it's like, it's going to get kind of stale. I mean, it's just like, kind of like, you know, that's why we have friendships. We have different kinds of friendships that go, you know, deep. And um, I would say just have fun with it. But at the same time, like, don't take your eyes off your goal. Like, don't mm-hmm. take your eyes off of like, why why you have started learning english um and okay. what your your goal is like keep keep focused on that goal like write it down every single day write your progress even if you go backwards write it down like keep keep focused on that keep focused on that mm-hmm. because i've seen smart students i mean smart students who like i mean so smart they should be like diplomats mm-hmm. and they just quit they drop out of the academy because they got burnt out and mm-hmm. i don't think it was the reason why they got it wasn't just they got burnt out is they lost sight of the goal. Maybe they're, they just thought, oh, just my mom wants me to learn. And like, that's going to last for a little bit mm. until you get bored or, or until you lose sight of it. And so like, write it down. Whatever your goal is in learning English, whatever it is, write it down and put it somewhere you can look at it every day. Because like, like one thing is like, man, repetition, repetition, repetition mm-hmm. is like the father of success. But like, you, you keep doing that again and again, and you keep seeing it, it's going to start to sink into your mind. So that way, everything that you do, you should be visualizing that goal. If you're doing a problem, you're working on a sentence and man, it's really hard and you're, but you have that goal in mind, like you'll work through it. Mm-hmm. You know? But mm-hmm. if you don't, you're just going to like throw the pencil down. I'll like, oh, forget it. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce out. And like, I, I guarantee you, like, you're going to regret it. Cause like even little things, like I regret not continuing to pursue Italian or mm-hmm. um, being studious in that regard. I should have, I should, by this time in five years in Korea, I should have been almost fluent, mm. but I really dropped the ball in studying. I'm trying to pick it back up. So like, just be like, be studious, keep your eyes on the goal and like, have fun, find a way to have fun. And like, I guarantee you, because like, like a treat for me is like, man, these books, you know, the talk to me in Korean. Yeah. Am I allowed, am I allowed to get plugs on, on, on your show? Of course. Hey, okay. talk, to me, Korean talk is good. to me in Korean is awesome. And, but like their books are really challenging, really practical. But sometimes after going through it, man, I'm like sweating, like, oh, but a treat for me is like, okay, I just learned this and I turn on Korean TV or yes. I turn on Korean TV yes. show. And it's kind of like a relaxing fun. Then I hear like, oh, oh, I learned that word. Or I know that word, or I know what they're saying, or I know what this is, you know? Yeah. Or, and like you connect it and you're having a show, you're watching a show and it's having fun. So it's like, it it, it, it it for that day for that time it relieves it so like whatever it is every day after you learn whatever you gotta do read a book watch a tv show talk with a friend like do something to to either to take your mind off take mm-hmm. your mind off that lesson for a quick and and get into a practical sense of, of what yeah. language you're learning you know yeah it's gonna help you in two ways because it's gonna help you with applied knowledge which i'm telling you is mm-hmm. key applied knowledge applied learning and it's gonna help you have fun yeah you're gonna get that energy and that that um motivation to keep going that's what's up great advice i was trying to type as you were talking and i mean great advice hold on one sec find ways to apply what you learn great advice yeah i did that also when i was learning korean i would watch dramas and i was level one so didn't understand 90 percent of what they were 95 percent of what they were saying (laughs) but your brain is like your brain just starts making connections like okay well she's has to be upset because of the way her face looks and what she just said exactly that's what she's it's yep. like you just connect things. But like you said, I enjoyed watching it, even though I didn't understand everything. So great advice. Find something. You, you got to think about it like a baby. Like how do babies learn? Babies don't understand every, every, um, every word in English you're speaking. 
But exactly. if you keep speaking it to them, it's stored away in their head, then that becomes applied knowledge because one day you point at that chair and you say chair, they remember that was a chair, that is a chair. In English, yep. that is chair. Yep. You know? It's the same thing for you. You weren't listening to any of that Korean. It was just going through. Yeah. I guarantee you it was getting stored away somewhere. And you yep. saw that 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 Korean drop K drums are Oppa! Yep. <laughs> Oppa! Wiggle <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. like and then you're like, Oh, okay, I know what she's older brother. Yep, yep, exactly. Korean egg yo. <laughs> exactly. Man, Johnny, thank you so much. I mean, this, honestly, I'm so excited. I think the students are going to learn so much from this conversation. And good, good. I really appreciate, appreciate it. you taking your time. Really appreciate you. All right. Awesome. I, I, I wish you guys all the best luck and, and stick with it. And you got a good teacher. So you're uh, on the right track. So keep it going. Thanks, man. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you want to watch the full video recording of my conversation with Johnny, join the Speak English with Tiffany Academy, go to the podcast interviews resource and click episode 40. This has been Teacher Tiffany with the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. Until next time, remember to speak English.